This morning, I, uh, I wanted to talk for a few minutes about living at full capacity. Living at full capacity. I was uh, thinking about Joshua and what a great example of a person who lived his life at full capacity. If you could put up for me Joshua chapter 1, we're going to read the first nine verses. It says this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that an amazing passage of scripture? Like, how would you like God to say that to you? It'd make you feel good, wouldn't it? See, Joshua was this, this a great example of a person who lived his life uh, at full capacity. He fulfilled his potential. He, he accomplished the things that God had called him to do. Do you feel like you, you have lived your life or you're living your life now at full capacity? I mean, really? That you're doing all that God has called you to do? That you're living out all that God has equipped you for? It seems to me that it's rare to find a person who would say, yep, I'm living up to my fullest potential. I think a lot of us still feel that there's more in us, that, that we maybe, that, that still sort of goes untapped. How much untapped potential is still in you? How much is still in me? How much more could the Holy Spirit do in me? How much more could the Holy Spirit do through me? These are good questions to ask. And Joshua gives us a great example of a man who was hungry to live out that capacity. He's the new leader. Think about it now, okay? He's the brand new leader. He's got to take over from probably the greatest prophet that ever lived. In fact, it says in the Bible about Moses, it says there was no prophet like him ever. No prophet like him ever, that he spoke with God face to face. That's what the Bible says about Moses. So how about now Moses is gone and now you're the next guy up? Not the easiest guy to follow, 
what I'm trying to say, right? Not the easiest guy to, to, uh, to kind of, you know, it's a, that, that classic tough act to follow sort of a thing. And so I think Joshua was having some doubts. God says a couple of times, be strong, be courageous, don't be discouraged, I'm with you. And I think he's saying that because Joshua was starting to feel the weight. You don't know the weight of leadership until the weight of leadership is placed upon you. And he's beginning to feel it. And the higher the leadership ladder you climb, the more weight gets upon you. And, and he's starting to feel this. He's starting to feel a little bit inadequate, a, a little bit worried, a little bit anxious. How can I do this? I'm, I'm not Moses. I'm not the great man of God. What's going to happen, you know? And God steps in and says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, you know? He said, listen, I'm going to give you basically three things God gave him to do when you look through the book. There's basically three things. One, he says, uh, you're going to be the one to lead these people across the Jordan River into the land that I promised you. So he says, you're going to be the one to lead the people into the land. Second, he said, you're going to be the one that's going to defeat the enemy, and you're going to be the one who's going to claim the inheritance that I have set out for my people. He gave him three simple uh, things to do. And these were the tasks that were given to Joshua. He was promised that God was going to give him the ability to do what he was called to do. And this is the beautiful thing about God, amen, that when he calls you to do a job, he equips you for the job. Someone said yes, right? You ever been called to do a job that you know God's called you to do? And you step in and you're a little bit afraid, a little bit fearful, a little bit discouraged, a little bit overwhelmed. But if you just keep taking the right step and take the right step and do the right thing, all of a sudden you begin to see, hey, I can do this. I do have the ability. God comes through. And so he sets him on this track to say, you're going to accomplish these three things. And I am with you and I'm going to make sure that you have all the tools in your toolbox to get, this, to get these jobs done. And so Joshua wants to live to this full capacity. You, many of you would know, but Joshua is also what we call a type of Jesus or a type of Jesus Christ. That Christ is the captain of our salvation who won the victory over every enemy and who now shares his spiritual inheritance with us. And Joshua is a little bit of a picture of that. And so he's called the type of Christ. So the first one, let me just get through this. So we'll be here for hours, but um, just get through this now. Enter the land. So the first one is you're going to cross the Jordan and you're going to go into the land. Uh, put up uh, verse 3 and 4 for me. He says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south, the Lebanon mountains in the north, the Euphrates River in the east, the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. So God promises Joshua that he was going to take them over the Jordan. He was going to go into enemy territory. He's saying God has already given them. He's saying, listen, I've already given you the land, but it's now your responsibility to go get it to go claim it, to go put your mark there and to go. It is yours, but you've got to go get it. 
He even outlines the borders of the land, by the way, which people sort of quickly sort of negate that. But it's amazing. God had a very particular plan. And he marked out where the territory was going to go to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south. and And he boxed it all in. He says, all of this, here's your borders. This is what I want you to go claim. I've given it to you. It's an amazing thing. And by the way, because of uh, obedience and then disobedience and then faith and lack of faith, the Israelites never actually did get all of that land until the reign of King David and King Solomon. It took that long for that land to be actualized. But he's saying, Joshua, you're the guy. Go in. And the lesson here is clear for us. God has given us. Like we said, we are the children of God. He's given his children every spiritual blessing. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. See, but we've got to step out in faith and claim these spiritual blessings that are already ours. You remember last week when Heather Challoner came up? I don't know if Heather's here today or not, but when she came up and she, she spoke uh, words from Revelation chapter 3 and, 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 and spoke words over our church, I thought it was really a powerful thing. But when she, she said these words, uh, uh, in, they're from Revelation 3. God says, I have set before you an open door that nobody can close. I have set before you an open door that nobody can close. That's pretty cool. See, but if the door is open, we must walk through the open door. Amen? The door is there and it's open, but we must walk through the open door by faith, by, by, by our service, by our humility, by our want to, by our desire to Go through the open door to claim the new territory that God has for us personally and that God has for us as a church. The door is open and nobody can close it, he said. He says to Joshua, everywhere you put your foot, it's yours. Everywhere you put your foot, it's yours. So get up, walk through the open door. The land is yours. But you've got to go get it. That's what he said. So Israel is now, they're in this spot where they're on the, the, the far side of the Jordan. They basically have three choices. They, they, can, they, can, they can go back to Egypt. They can go back into slavery. And, and you, if, if you read, you know that some of them wanted to. I don't know why, but some of them did. They wanted to go back. They, they, so that was choice one. They could have stayed right in the desert on the other side of the Jordan, away from the enemy, and just lived their lives in the desert. Or they could choose to walk through the open door, cross the River Jordan, and step into the promised land. They're given really three choices they, 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 can, uh, they, they can do. And I was thinking to myself, we have those same choices. We can go back. We can choose to you know, turn our backs on God and walk back into the slavery of sin. We can choose to stay in the desert, meaning saved, but by the skin of our teeth. You know, we can survive, but life is dry and difficult and not abundant. 
but, but, but at least, you know, we're there. Or we can choose to move forward and go get and claim the best that God has for us. See, the Israelites, the classic line is, you know this, the Israelites were brought out so they could be brought in, right? God didn't bring them out of Egypt to leave them in the desert. Amen? Come on now. He brought them out because he wanted to bring them in. Didn't want them to stay in no man's land. He didn't want them to be stuck in the desert. That wasn't the place of abundance. That wasn't his best. He had something better in mind for his people. We have that choice today. We can find ourselves victims of apathy so quickly. We can find ourselves of uh, feeling and being overwhelmed almost with, with indifference and a ho-hum attitude. And I'm telling you, folks, it keeps us stuck. It keeps us stuck in the desert. Oh, we're saved. We're not slaves to sin. We're saved. But we're living in this, this tweener place between, you know, uh, where we came from but where we should be. And, and sometimes a lot of us get stuck there in our, in our relationship with Jesus. And we've got to move beyond it. We're saved, but we don't have this abundant life that Jesus talks about. Remember what he said? Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. That's what he said. That doesn't sound like desert living to me. There's a better place. So are we living at full capacity? Are we going after that? Are we walking through the open door? Are we claiming the victory that is ours as children of God? Are we living with the peace? And by the way, when we say that, uh, understand, you, uh, I'm not talking about nonsense stuff like, okay, Lord, I wake up this morning, I claim a Ferrari in Jesus' name. It's mine. Well, if the Lord blesses you with that, you're blessed, but the chances are he might not. Right? I'm not talking about silly things like that. I'm talking about things that are ours, right? that we have in Jesus. Right? Are we living with the peace? He says, I can give you peace that passes all your understanding. Even in the midst of chaos, you can feel my peace. Do you live with that today? Right? Do you feel his power? He said, you are temples of the Holy Spirit filled with my might, that, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you, right? Do we live with that power, right? Do we live with that joy, right? That righteousness, that wisdom that comes from God. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask me, and I will what? Give it to you. That's what he said. It's ours. It's ours, right? Do you live with the confidence or do we walk around in fear, scared, like, like uh, uh, afraid to take a step? Are we living with fullness and to our full capacity? I mean, ha why not have these things? Why not have these things in our lives if they're ours to claim as children of God? Amen? They're ours. And so I was challenging myself as I was looking at this scripture, looking at my own self, saying it doesn't matter how much we've done, doesn't matter how old we are, seniors, 
you're, 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 we're going to get to Caleb in a second, 85, and fired up for God. The guy was amazing. But I mean, you, we, we can't just check out and say, I've done it all. I've arrived. My life is over. Now I will just sit and sip tea and wait to go to heaven. I, I don't think that's quite the attitude he wants us to have, that there is more if we go after it. There is still something left to do. You might not be able to do everything you could 40 years ago, but listen, can you mentor somebody? Can you encourage somebody? Can you give? Can you pray? Can you support? Can you just be a source of encouragement to the, to the children of God and to the church of God? Yes, you can do all of those things, but we've got to walk through the open door that's still open for us, right? So why not have these things? if they're ours to have. So he says, enter the land. Second, he said, I want you to, and I'm going to give you victory over the enemy. This is uh, number two, Joshua 1.5. He said, no one will be able to stand against you for as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. God had told, by the way, previous, God had told Abraham, he had told Moses, he had told uh, some other people that there were other nations that were living on the land that God had promised them. But it wasn't their call to go into the land like it was now on Joshua. Now he says to Joshua, that call is yours. You are the one who will lead my people across the Jordan and into the land that I have given them. So he's now saying, Joshua, you're my guy. I am with you. I am for you. Everywhere you put your foot, it's yours. Nobody will be able to stand against you. I am with you always. Don't worry about it. Victory is yours. That's a pretty encouraging message to a guy who's taking over the leadership of, of, a, of a crowd of two to three million who are quite a rascally bunch. Quite an encouraging statement to say, no one will be able to stand against you. See, the other cool thing that he says is, I promise that I will not fail you and I will not abandon you. Isn't that super encouraging today? Seriously. It's not just for Joshua. It's for me. It's for you. It's for every child of God. You see it throughout scripture again and again. What a great promise that God still gives us for today. You know, chapter one of Matthew, put it up for me, Matthew one twenty three. Look, it even starts when Jesus is coming into this world and he, when God takes on flesh, says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, come on, God is with us. Here's a Right from the beginning, when Jesus came, it was declared. And then, by the way, at the end of Matthew, so that's Matthew chapter 1, the last chapter of Matthew, in the very last verse of Matthew, Jesus reiterates the same thing. Matthew 28, 20, he says this. Teach, he's talking to his disciples and giving them the final instructions, and he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And listen to that, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
They spoke it over him when he was coming into the world, and he spoke it again as he was leaving this world. He is with us. He always is with us, and he always will be with us, even to the end of the age. See, so we can now move forward in God's will, knowing that he's with us. He is with us. And listen, what does scripture say? If God is for us, who can be against us? He is for his children. We are precious in his sight, valuable, treasured possessions, God calls us. That his love is great and unique and unlike any, any other thing that we've ever experienced in our lives. We can move forward knowing that he is with us. And so as Joshua begins his leadership, God assures him of his presence. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. And I want to let you know, Joshua, as you enter the land, no one will be able to stand against you. I will see to it. It's an amazing, an amazing thing. So be encouraged today. If you're a believer in Jesus, he's with you. In fact, he's in you. Amen? You can live at a fuller capacity than what you're living right now. I can too. We can see victory in our lives. We can see victory over our sin. We can see victory over every addiction. Listen, your marriage can be better, some of you. Your talents can be used. The enemy is defeated. Your children are yours to claim. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. This is what the word says. Look at what, uh, as Paul was speaking a blessing to the Thessalonians, look what he said. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Check out this verse. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. You know what he says? Listen, he empowers us to do his will, right? And then, see, trust and doing God's will, it's a thing that builds in us. You know, you step out, you take a chance, you, you do something for the Lord that you feel he's called you to do. And guess what happens? He empowers you to do it. He gives you success. He helps you do it. And then guess what happens? Your courage rises up. Your faith rises up. Your trust just jumps up another step. Say, well, if he did it that time, maybe he'll do it again. I'm going to take another step, you know. And, and this is what happens. And so he, he's the one. God will make this happen. That's what he says. Because he's faithful. He always, always is with those who are carrying out his will. He has won this victory, and he encourages Joshua, the victory, my son, it's yours. Now go share that victory. Go get that victory. And so if he empowers us to do his will, it's him who has won the victory by what he accomplished on the cross. Amen? And so... Now he shares that victory with us. We are his inheritance, his, 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 his children. Okay, I've got to keep going here. Last, he says, I want you to go claim the inheritance, Joshua 1.6. He says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead the people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. So he, he's entered the land. He's promised him victory over the enemy, and now he says, I want you to go claim the inheritance. 
God promised Joshua that he would lead the people into this land and that they would claim it as theirs. But I want you to note something that's very, very important. He did not ever once say that there would be no struggle. He didn't once say there would be no sacrifice needed. He didn't ever once say there wouldn't be challenges, difficulties, dark days, things that will rise up against you. Never did he say that. What he said was, go claim your inheritance where ultimate victory is yours. So listen, how many times is victory right around the corner and we quit before we get there? Hmm? How many times, how many times have we let the struggle, the challenge, the discouragement, sometimes the darkness creep in and it turns us to the left or to the right and we lose the best that God would have for us? Listen, there are battles that need to be fought along the way. If you want to go claim your inheritance, you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to stay obedient to God. You're going to have to trust him. But if you do those things, the land is yours. It's yours. That's what he said. So this is a powerful, powerful principle that we need to understand. It's going to take some work. Listen, if eight years ago when we all started the process of dreaming about this building in this location, if I eight years ago called a special prayer meeting, brought everybody into the old building, which doesn't exist anymore, if you've noticed, called everybody into the building and said, you know, God, God's just directing us uh, to the corner of Hoover and Sandiford and we're going to build a building there and God's going to do it all. Now, all I want us to do is just sit here and pray. We're not going to do anything right now. We're just going to pray hard. Every week we'll come in and pray, God, just when we drive through Sandiford and Hoover, just poof, put together a wonderful church on that corner. Give us the zoning. Help, help us to just move in, hitch-free, glitch-free, with everything wondrous and beautiful. You'd look at me and go, really? But this is sometimes how we operate in our lives. We go, oh, Lord, you know, uh, help get me out of this problem. Oh, solve my addiction. Help me to overcome my sin. Make my marriage better. Help me with this, that, the other thing. As we sit on our lazy boy and just put all the, all the responsibility on God and never take any upon ourselves. If my people, then I. Right? If my people, then I. There is always this sense of cooperation and working. He said, the verse we, that we've been living off, Chronicles 28.20, 20, don't be afraid, be strong and courageous, and do the work. Do the work, for I am with you. Right? So listen, there will be struggle. There will be challenge. There will be times when you're discouraged and this is why coming to church and being a part of the body of Christ is so important because we help each other. There's an encouragement that comes by just being together in the presence of the Lord. There's something good for our soul just, just, to, just, to, just to absorb that on a weekly basis, right? It's going to take some work. It's going to take some faith. But the inheritance is yours. 
if you don't give up. Says, put up uh, Joshua 14, verse 6. So a delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephthah, the, the Kenanite, the Ken, the Kenizzite? Yeah, came to Joshua at Gilgal. So Caleb says to Joshua, and these guys are buds, right? They know each other from way back, right? says this, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned, and I gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, this is Caleb, he says, today I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephthah, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Caleb walks in 85 years old saying, give me the land that Moses promised. I don't care if the descendants are Anak or there. I don't care if they have big walled fortified cities. The Lord is with me, and I will walk over them like they will be ants under my feet. I will fight. I will travel. The Lord has kept me strong all these years and to, to fulfill this day the promise of giving me that land. You see how cool God is? He keeps Caleb alive. He doesn't just give the land to the descendants of Caleb. He lets Caleb see with his own eyes before he goes on to glory that God kept his word, that God gave him the land that he promised. He's good. So listen, he's, Caleb says, that land was promised to me. It might be full of enemies, but I will drive them out. His focus, you see, is on the promise of God, not on the size of the enemy. Sometimes our focus is wrong, right? We're looking at the size of the problem and not the size of our God. And so he's got it right. He says, let me add them. I'm 85, and I'm going to chase them right out. Yeah, and you're 86. Yeah, come on. That's just cool. See, this is why I say, here's an 85-year-old man who wants to live at full capacity. Amen? He, wants to, he still wants to get at it. He wants to do it. He wants to use everything that he has left 
to, to live at that higher level, to make sure he's doing everything God's called him to do, to leave everything on the table and not to die with untapped potential and ungiven talents and, and, and to live with that regret, but to say, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to find a way to overcome. God is with me. He promised me victory, and I can claim this and live for him, and he's pushing and pushing and pushing, and you got to find that inspiring. It's just inspiring to talk to somebody like that, to be with somebody like that, right? There's something so inspiring about a a, a man like Caleb, about a person like that. He was absolutely determined to claim his inheritance, and he was very determined to live at full capacity. So we have a, a resurrected Lord who defeated every enemy. One day... The word says every knee on earth and below the earth is going to bow to him. He is king. He is Lord. He is master. He is ruler. He said when he left, he was going to send the Holy Spirit who would live within us. So listen, why settle for living a barren, powerless, dry, desperate, desert-like life when we are children of the Most High, promised victory, claiming our inheritance, given an open door that no man can shut. Why not walk through it? Why not claim what he has for us? Why not find a way to live at that fuller capacity, at that higher level? Why be satisfied with doing things when we can be something deeper, more wonderful, more impactful? Not that our names would get shouted from the rooftops, but that all glory and praise gets redirected to the one, to the one, right? Say, how do you do that at 85 years old? I'll tell you, and his name is. How did you get that building? How did that happen? I'll tell you, one name, and his name is, right? It's, it's, it's him. It's always him, always him. And when you stay in that place of humility and fire and wanting to live at full capacity, he begins to blow your mind with what he does in you and what he does through you. He just does. And if we get there, whoo, man, I don't even know what the limits are. Seriously. Don't even know what the Money, he's got it all. Strength, he's got it. Courage, he can give it all. He can give us everything if we can live at that full capacity. See, there's more than just trying to get by. There's more than just trying to survive day by day. There's more than just being satisfied with living this desert-like existence. Salvation, my friends, is not just the promise to go to heaven when we die. It's more than that. Salvation, Jesus said. He said, listen, I've come to give you life. I've come to give it to you in the fullest sense. So there is a fuller, better, more abundant life when we follow him. You've heard me say we are better with him than we are without him because he brings abundance. He brings joy for the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what he says in Romans. This is ours. It's ours. There is a more abundant life when we follow him this way. So if you feel like 
You're not living at full capacity. It's time to rise up. It's time to ask God to defeat whatever enemy is holding you back. Asking, believing for a life of greater fruitfulness, of greater usefulness to the day that he takes you home, no matter how old you are. Years ago, there was a worship song uh, many of you would know in my uh, previous existence, I used to be a worship pastor for 108 years. And, uh, and there was a song that we used to sing. I don't even remember the name of it now, but there was a line in the song that said this. There must be more than this. The Spirit of God comes live within. And I was humming that song last week. Spirit of God, come live within. And it just reminded me that we can go higher. We can be better. We can be more effective. We're not special. He's special. And when we keep that perspective and follow his ways and follow his will and go after him with a hungry heart, Promises to fill it. If you can look at your life and say, there must be more than this. The answer, of course, is yes. Yes. There is more than what you're experiencing. There is more than what you're living out. There is a fuller capacity that we can function in. There is a closer walk with Jesus that is available if we would seek it. Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He said, ask and you will receive. Come on. Seek and you will knock and the door will be. That's what he said. How about we rise up, take him at his word and start living the lives that he's promised to give us. Somebody said amen.